Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the family with Mike Gelfand and Andy Brampernard. Yeah, I got to tell you, we went on the uh, on the boat trip last night with a bunch of advertisers, and I would say ninety percent of them, maybe a hundred percent of them, love listening to this show. They the yeah. family the family podcast. They loved it, which well, I'm good. glad. Yeah, it's very it so was really I'm, nice I'm, to hear. I'm basically a member of the family now, right? Well, yeah, that's just a given. I mean, don't get me wrong; I'm not asking for a piece of the action. I'm just saying um, it's it's enough to be a member of the family. You, I would you agree. want to be the estranged member of the family specifically? Uh, you know, I've, I've experienced that. <laughs> <laughs> I've experienced that. Can't recommend that. it? No, it's I, happened before. Not, not my own family, really. My, my dad, you know, he, he, uh, he was a huge fan of the morning show, and he'd be a huge fan of this show now if he mm-hmm. was still with us. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I guarantee you, like, I would say half of the humor he didn't get and the other half offended him. But he'd call me up and say, great show today. Oh, there you go. See, that's nice to hear. Yeah. Nice to hear from your own father. I never got that call from yeah, my dad, know. you know. Yeah. i got to ask you guys a question. Mm-hmm. Where are we headed in this state? Because this is one of the wealthiest states in America. We People do very that, well right? here. Yes, very wealthy state. Mm. Rubble covering Minneapolis block will be cleared nearly one year after apartment fire. Squatters were living in a condemned building. They burned it to the ground. And the rubble's been sitting there for a year. Why? Twenty third and Lindale. It's an urban thing. Why? But I mean, have you seen this picture? No. Look at this. Look at the rubble here. Oh wow! It's been sitting there for a year. That like can't be safe. I would telling you that ain't safe. Because You're absolutely right. The kids right. in the neighborhood would be playing there. Absolutely. What the hell are you doing leaving that sitting there for a year? And I love, love the fact that squatters are living there for free and still burn it to the ground. Mm-hmm. You're already getting it for free. Now you got to ruin that too. Well, now let's let's not blame all squatters. Why not? Well, I'm just saying, you know, many squatters are fine people. But are they? Just, they? I, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> You're making it up as you go along. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what we always say, and so I figured we should say it with with squatters. I I personally have never known a squatter. I haven't either. Never. I don't know any squatters. A Minneapolis apartment building used by squatters burned in December, and the rubble remains. It still mm. hasn't been cleaned up. I guess. Jesus, that is unbelievable. Well, it's not in the budget. Yeah, nope. just not. <laughs> very little is. So wait a second. They're thinking about raising the state income tax to fourteen percent, mm. but they don't have any money to clean up rubble in a city. Hey, okay. uh, uh, if you live in a first-ring suburb, you you know something about this. Yeah. You move into that first-ring suburb, you know, 25, 30 years ago, and you think, oh, this is cool, you know, because the property tax is a lot less, you know, and you're, you're doing well. No, not anymore. Mm-hmm. No? Not anymore. No. More people and less money. I don't know why. What is Minnesota's fascination with money? Minnesota just loves money. Everybody loves money. Come on. Yeah, but Minnesota's really on top of the, the heap, I'm telling you. You know what I mean? A lot of money here. There's a lot of money in Minnesota. Well, I don't well, think most no people understand that. that. Yeah. And there's money where you wouldn't expect to see it. Yeah. You know, there are certain neighborhoods you never even have seen. Where, where if you went in there today, you'd be stunned because you'd see all these mini mansions or maybe max right. oh, yeah. ma- right. mansions. And, you know, you remembered it as a place where, you know, everybody had like a two or three bedroom house. There were five kids living there. And, you know, it was like a, it was like your standard, maybe, you know, colonial, say. Right. Yeah. Right. But that's gone now. It doesn't exist anymore. Now there's the mansion. You know what I just love? That story about from, I think it was either last week or two weeks ago, Estee Lauder's grandson, one of the Lauder family from the, what is that, cosmetics and perfumes and all yeah, that kind of stuff. so. Billionaires, okay. There was a story about the uh, one of the members of the Lauder family, a grandson of Estee Lauder, bought 
Rush Limbaugh's house on Palm Beach Island for $115 million and then tore it down. Oh, yeah, I've seen pictures. I've seen pictures of his house. I can't imagine. Tearing it down had to take like a year. Uh Exactly. Usually it takes a day. Oh, man. Well, one thing, one thing, you know, going back to the money thing, like in Minnesota, there is a problem here only because where there's more money, there's less money. Yeah, that's true. You ain't getting it. Money is a finite commodity. Mm-hmm. Yep, it is true. But honest to God, you might have too much money if you buy a house for $150 million <laughs> just to tear it down. I know, it's like at least, like, Parcel it out. Sell the rooms. Exactly. Couldn't you have just found a lot? Yeah, find a lot somewhere. There's, Not on Palm Beach Island, no. Well, no. Well, and also, of course, you know, you, you pay all that money, and then someday it goes into the water. So, What I understand, and I don't know this to be a fact. It wasn't in the papers or anything, but I know some people that live in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Mr. Lauder hated Rush Limbaugh. Uh, so it was a spite thing. It was a spite $150 million thing. to spite someone <laughs> to from the, the grave. Yeah, $150 hey, the million. Guy's he dead. The that much. Yeah, the guy's dead. Who cares? Yeah. Is he going to care that you tore down his house? I never... I'm not to mention, he didn't build the thing. No, he did not. He did not. And who, by the way, you who can't... Who lived in that house originally? That's a good question. Let's, oh, I, I bet you Andy can, can find that out. Yeah. Who built I can it? find that out. Could. Well, if I can find the address, I can find the... Uh, the records. Well, you know it's right there on uh, on the avenue. On, it's on Palm Beach Island, and it's on the ocean side of the island. Mm. And what is that called? Is that scenic drive? What the hell is that called? I can't remember the name of that street. It probably had a name originally. Yeah, it probably did. Yeah. Let's see, 1495 Ocean Boulevard. There you go, Ocean well, Boulevard. That's it. Maybe he did build it. It was built in 1992. Oh, so he did mm. build it probably. Well, let's see. What is it did he nice? Do? Well, the house does look well, very modern. Of course it's it nice. Oh, does it? I have never seen his house because you couldn't. You well, could. I've driven by, but you couldn't see I've it. I've seen the pictures, but it's, it's. It doesn't look like a house. Oh, it doesn't. No, no it looks like a, like a compound. Yeah, it's a compound. Oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. It's sprawling. It's well, he never had any kids. He was married twice and got divorced. He didn't have any kids. I don't think so. I don't think he did. No. I don't think so. Isn't so, that weird though that someone would would want a house that big? Well, I know. I don't for know, yourself. It's just a hassle. Mm. It's just to show how small your penis is. It's got four guest homes on the property. Oh, ah. Jesus, there you go. It's like, why? I didn't see him as being that social a guy. Well, people like Vince Flynn, I know, used to stay at his house. Oh, yeah. When he was in town. So if you're a conservative writer, I guess. Well, I'm sure he always had it. people over to be like, look at my cool house. All I know yeah. is that if I was a conservative or, or liberal writer and I had that kind of money, no one would ever see my house. You got no. that right. Ah, uh, see you later. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, you're. I, I agree with you 100 on that one. But yeah, you you hate someone so much, you spend 115 million dollars to tear down his house. Well, maybe the house just maybe he didn't intend to, but the house just smelled like perfume. It's only 40 years old. <laughs> I mean, that's the sad part of it. 30. I thought it was built in 1991. Yeah, that was 30 years ago. No, that was. Oh yeah, you're right. It was 30. What the hell am I thinking? Uh, yeah, Limbaugh bought the home in '98 for 3.9 million, and it was sold for 115 million. Mm, so his estate got quite a bit of money. Holy I guess his God. ex-wives got quite a bit of money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he never had any kids, so I guess all that money is going to—I don't know if he probably had a Rush Limbaugh Foundation or something. But it doesn't say who built it. Oh, it doesn't. Who lived there first? Yeah, nothing That's yet. That's weird. Oh, Let's find it on Zillow. Here we go. Probably be somebody very famous if they're not saying who it is. Like the Zestimate is $98 million. $98 million? So they got $17 million more than it was worth? Rent, 500000 a month. <laughs> what? <laughs> a half a million a month to rent. A $6 million a year in rent. You know, yep. Tom, it's all about location. It really is. Location, location, location. Well, who the hell's renting... On Palm Beach Island. I would say pretty much nobody. Not a lot of people. Me, I just go for the Hamptons. Catherine and I were going to buy a house one time many, many years ago. I won't say where it was. It doesn't matter where it was. Um, and then we thought, yeah, you know, I suppose we could afford it. But do we really want to spend that much on a house? Um, and it was, uh, I think, about five years later, the house sold for four times more than what we would have paid for it. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that kind of pissed me off, thinking about maybe we should have made the move. That's like the old, I could have bought Coca-Cola yeah, at, exactly. at 85 cents a share. Yeah. We well, all could have done something. Yes. Here's the exact opposite. The previous owner of the house, it doesn't say who it is, but he bought it in 96 for $6.7 million. Oh, and sold it for three point seven million. Sold it for three point nine. Three point nine. Forty-one percent down two years later. Why? You'd lose three million dollars in two years. And then why all of a sudden did it just skyrocket? Because Rush Limbaugh lived there. I, well, it's been thirty years. The real estate market has exploded yeah. in the past. Well, especially years. property like that. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I. I the problem I have. I, I like to buy a house. Not all that far from where I live. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know where I'd like to buy it, but I can't find a house small enough. <laughs> oh, I understand that. Uh, yeah. That's really true. No, I know. See, I got the other problem. I'm looking for some place with 21 baths, but this only has 20. <laughs> it only has 20 bathrooms. I don't know if I can live up there. Well, I know. Sometimes I have the urgency to go, but I, I don't need 20. Not 20. No, you're absolutely right. You don't need 20. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just a whole different world that you buy a place for 3.7 and what 20 years later it, they sell it for 25 years later they sell it for uh 115 million dollars yeah. well jesus some some people money just makes them craven no that's true and, that's very true you know, for others it doesn't but I, I i do think there's a fundamental value issue there that maybe people absolutely yeah it's just well, you're it, paying five hundred thousand dollars a year just in property taxes yeah that's a lot yeah. of money so but at 3.7, you wouldn't be. No. No, absolutely not. 3.7. How far back does... Yeah, in 1999, they were paying 68000 in property taxes. And now it's a half a million? Now it's half a million. Holy yeah. Mm. That's quite the leap. That's quite the jump there, don't you think? Yeah, I'm, well, uh, I'm still complaining about having to pay $400 more this year than I paid last year. I know. And it's going to get a lot worse, man. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Minnesota loves to tax the piss out of its residents. They just love to do that for some reason. I don't well, know why. You know, I mean, especially like I live in a first-ring suburb that basically is facing more challenges than it can possibly handle. Really? Because it's a first-ring suburb. Like what kind of challenges? Well, I mean, the thing is you, you where you first see it is in the schools. Oh, yeah. When teachers have trouble teaching yeah uh, yep. that's 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 a five alarms job right there i mean it's not you don't have like squatters and all that do you uh, not that i'm aware that, of. that i guess is a massive pain in the ass no yeah trying to get them out of there i guess is oh, not yeah. an easy it's, task it's, it's the whole thing about you know it's nine tenths of the you know being there yeah is nine tenths of the deal and, and they might be squatters, but they're still human. Mm. Yeah, humans taking advantage of you is what they, who they are. <laughs> I, I just, I don't understand how people can do stuff like that. Well, look at look what's going on in, in especially like, you know, taking San Francisco. There's no way they can deal with all the homeless people. No, it's it, that city's gone forever. And you have to, you mm -hmm. just basically all you can do is, you know, you can build facilities for them to live in. But a lot of times they won't go anyway. No, they will not. Because a lot of those people, you know, the homeless people, you know, a lot of people have just just such huge issues. Yeah. That it, there's nothing that you can do, really. I just don't, I don't understand what the hell's going on with all that stuff. No. That's really, really unfortunate. I, Catherine and I used to love, well, Andy, first place Andy ever traveled to as about a, I think you were maybe about four or five months old, maybe six months old, was San Francisco. Your mom and I used to fly out and stay at the Fairmont about oh, once a yeah, year. Oh, yeah, sure, the famous Fairmont. The where famous they clean Fairmont. all the coins. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. But, I mean, we'd go out there because that was back in the days when I used to go buy wine in, in Napa Valley and all that oh, stuff. Sure. So we'd hang around San Francisco for a few days and then go to Napa Valley, and it just, we loved it. Now, oh, yeah. San Francisco was beautiful, and now I wouldn't go near the place. I, I've only been to San Francisco a couple times. Um, I've been to Oakland quite a bit, but not San Francisco. You know, there are parts of Oakland that are a lot nicer Beautiful. than I couldn't think. believe it. It's yeah. gorgeous. Down by the wharf. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah, a lot of people think that Oakland's just kind of a, yeah, me too suburb. No, it's not. Well, a lot parts of people of it think it's a mega slum, and it's just not. It's not at all. No. no. Yeah, they, they do. You're right. They think it's a mega slum. You're yeah, right. Yeah, they think it's like Lagos or something. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> not know. like that at all. <laughs> 
but you know, I the thing is, like you know, I I agree with Mark Twain. It's you know you know what he said about the weather. I remember that. Like the worst the worst winter he ever experienced was summer in San summer Francisco. Summer in San Francisco. And I, I <laughs> I've never had a day in San Francisco where the weather was good for my for my taking. You know. Yeah, I understand that. It's always cold. There's that bitter wind coming in. And uh, for me, that would keep me out of there. But it obviously doesn't keep a lot of people out of there. Then I remember the time, I think Andy was about 11 years old. We were out there. Alex was nine. Andy was 11. We're in San Francisco. And we all get on the suburb. And I look, and Andy's standing outside the, sub, the, uh, the subway train, the BART. The BART. He's standing outside the BART. I had to literally reach out and grab him and pull him oh. in just as the door oh, closed. Oh, wow. You remember that, Andy? I don't. No, you at, probably At 11? Yeah. I do not remember going to San Francisco at 11. Yeah, you were there. First time I was ever on the BART, and it was new at that time. Mm-hmm. It got stuck under the ocean. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's a little freaky. Bay Area Rapid Transit. You're sitting there the BART. for like you know, a half hour. It's not moving. You're under the ocean, and there's water dripping down. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, it wasn't like anyone was going to die or anything. No, I understand. If we're stuck but, here for another 15 years, we might drown. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> there but, you go. But it's human nature. You're going to freak out a little bit. Oh, there's no some question. People, you know, it's just like some people can't handle, like, say, an MRI. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. same thing. Thank you're you. in this, like, coffin-like oh, Yeah, it's very, very, it's probably smaller than a coffin, to be honest. You want to know why MRIs scare me? Because hmm. they're about five grand now. Yep. Oh, they are very expensive. They sure oh, are. God, are they expensive? And I now. love it. I love it when they say, "Okay, we, you know, well, they give you a choice of music. You know, you got the headphones on." Yeah. I say, "Well, I'll take the Beach Boys, for example." And so you hear the Beach Boys for like eight seconds. Yep. Two girls for a plum You don't hear a thing after that. No. I got to run down the hall. It's probably the loudest thing I have ever experienced. Oh, yeah. No, no, no question. I always wonder. It's, it's a very diverse array of noises that that thing makes. That's, that's the thing uh, that, that... I always, always wonder what the noises correspond. Like, what exactly is going on in that thing? To make these incredibly loud, like, you know, robot-on-meth noises. And they don't give you a play-by-play. Like, okay, now we're doing this or that. No, they're like, 25 more minutes. Yeah. 20 no. more minutes. It's, they should do it just the way doctors do, you know. Although the first time you hear a doctor saying, and now we're entering your bladder. Now that's a little freaky, mm. too. Stay out of my bladder, yeah, please. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to know. Is That's the big thing. I just <laughs> mm-hmm. don't want to know. No, my dad... My dad, as he got older, he was scared, really scared of MRIs because I think it was like a coffin. Mm-hmm. You know, like, am I ever going to get out of here? They don't really bother me so much. No, it's they don't just, bother it's me. not the most pleasant experience. You also can't, you're supposed to not move as much as possible, and those things can take 45 minutes. Yeah, and if someone so tells like, you you can't move, you're going to want to move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like your nose starts itching and you can't do anything about it. It's like I had... Uh, so I had some laser surgery done on my eye one time. I've been thinking about that, but I don't know if I could stand or lay still for long enough to make it work. Well, and this thing was they were actually burning some uh, some blood vessels that yep. had, had grown into a crack in my retina. Mm-hmm. So they they I, I get I get, I get in there. I put my chin on the thing, my my uh, my forehead against a brace, and. The, uh, the the doctor says, okay, now you're going to see a, a big orange light. I said, okay, yeah, I see it. He said, do you think you can stare at that orange light for about 30 seconds? I said, well, it doesn't sound like it would be a problem. I said, but what happens if I look away? He said, well, you'll be blind. Yeah. Now, at that point, normally if he just said, yeah, I just stare at it, no big deal, I think you, you wouldn't have mm-hmm. had any pro- trouble. But when you know the option is being blind – then it's kind of tough to stare at the light. Yeah. Or it's like, can I stare at it for five seconds at a time? Yeah. Rather than having to just do 30 seconds all at once. Because exactly. 30 seconds doesn't sound like a long time. but Oh, it's a long time. It's a long time. It's like when they do that, uh, you go to the eye doctor and they do the thing. It's like a light that they sweep across your eye. Mm-hmm. For some reason, that part is the most uncomfortable for me by far. Oh, it's, it's amazing how tiresome it is, mm-hmm. how, how fatiguing it is. You know, just when you have like a, a scan of your retina. Yep. And, and you're it's like to... ten seconds long, and yet your eyes are just like, please stop. Oh yeah, yeah. It's hard to endure. I don't know what that's all about. Um, 
I think it's well. A lot of it is just a physical reaction, but you know, a lot of it is just your eye. Your eyes fatigue pretty quickly. And they don't want a extremely bright light shown directly into the retina. Well, right. Yeah. It's one reason why umpires are so bad in the late innings. They've seen oh, yeah. 300 pitches. Yep. And, oh yeah. And they just can't call balls and strikes for that. I'm surprised long. they don't have like rotations for That's umpires. That's what they should have. They should. Well, they should have like you know, one umpire does four and a half. Innings. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised they don't. Because, I mean, umpires can't get paid that much. Do you think they will go robotic? They, they, will, they definitely will. Well, they've they all, are they've going to. They've gone work. robotic 20 years ago. And the minor leagues. In the minors, been, yeah. They've been doing it, and it works fine. And every story I've ever read about minor leaguers' reaction to it is, you know, first their first reaction is, oh, I don't know if I want this. The yeah, second reaction yeah. is, this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Right. Because <clears throat> it's accurate. Because it's accurate, and there's no one to argue with. Right, exactly. That's true. And, it's very, very and a true. Lot of, a lot of baseball players, like up until this year, you know, they would argue with every every call. Now you can't do that. No, you, you can't do it anymore. That's right. In the batter's box. That's right. You can't argue it anymore. So now they'll glare at the umpire, and that's about all they have time for. God. So yeah, there there will be robotic umpires. Almost everybody will like it. The umpires themselves will like it because they're not getting fired or anything. They're still going to be home plate umpires. They're still going to make 200000 a year mm -hmm. or whatever they make. So it's a win-win. And there are so many umpires. There's, there's a certain number of umpires who just can't call balls and strikes. You got that right. And one of them, one of them actually, I can't remember who it was, but one of the really bad ones was suing someone, someone for libel or something because – you know, some sports caster or observer said, oh, they were the worst umpire ever. The case was immediately dismissed. <laughs> they tossed it out. Yeah. That was it. No. I suppose that's true. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabanco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. I could ask the, the two of you and our listeners, obviously, this question. I'm looking at the Wall Street Journal right now, and the three top stories are Treasury yields push even higher. Ten-year Treasury yields are up again after settling at their highest level since 2008. Mm -hmm. Second headline, stock market rally makes uh, more 401k savers millionaires. And the third headline is Walmart sales and profits rise, fueled by consumers looking for deals. Is the economy that good? Because we keep hearing the economy is not very good. It's well, great today. It's horrible tomorrow. That's what it is. And then it's, it's exactly mediocre it is, the Andy. next day. Well, the, the economy is very good for uh, some people. 
But yeah, it's like yeah, 401k right. savers, which right. is not most people, I don't think. Most no. people don't have any money tied up in stocks, or if they do, it's a very small amount. No, yeah. and if you have a lot of money to buy a lot of T-bills, you're not buying T-bills. Yeah. Mm, that's pretty much true. The stock it? market really is irrelevant to probably 70% of all people, if yeah, not Yeah, it, it affects everybody, but you're right. Right. The immediate impact is not felt. Yeah, they don't really care so much about that. No, nobody is, you know, the average person isn't isn't going to pick up the Wall Street Journal to see how T-bills are doing mm-hmm. and to see any, any right. of that stuff. Right. What they want is the is the charming feature stories that I used to write. Well, that was nonstop <laughs> back in the yeah, I mean, they were hollering at the top of their lungs for it back in those well, days. Well, that was it. I spent half my time writing charming stories and the other half like covering annual meetings. Oh, God, that must have been horrible. Well, it's it it was enough that I didn't see a future there, but a lot of people do, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'd be sitting there interviewing a CEO, and I'd be saying, well, what about a tax tax loss forward carryover? And, I've, and then I'd think to myself, did I actually just ask that? Why would I care about that? Why am I sitting here yeah. asking these stupid questions? <laughs> well, there you is, go. Is it so that I can spend half my time attending, say, Tuna f- tuba festivals, is that it? Writing cute, cute stories about tuba players or playing the, the world's checker champion? I don't know. It was, it was charming stuff. But there's a formula there. And eventually mm-hmm. what you want, if, you're, if your blood is journalism blood, is you want a front-page headline every damn day. Yeah. That makes sense. But the Wall Street Journal is still a great paper. Here's an interesting fact from Jim, our listener. BART was built by the same people who built the Metrodome. Really? Mm. I didn't know that. That's what he says. Well, one of them was immediately uh, an antiquity, and the other one uh, was, a, was a big hit. Yeah, that's, that was very, very true. Because no question basically about it. the Metrodome was like an old-fashioned piece of garbage within a year. Yeah, no, that's true. Maybe it's like a third time's the charm kind of deal. Yeah, it's else. just you can't, you can't go cheap on, on baseball stadiums. Of course, nowadays, you know, baseball stadiums cost uh, you know, like $3, mil, $3 billion to build. That's it? Oh, the, the cost it takes is, is enormous. I can't, that's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing to me. Barton Malo is who built the Metrodome, the, co- huh. the construction company. Well, yeah, they were, I wonder they what were, else they built. They were one for two. <laughs> Pretty good. The Metrodome was the biggest piece of crap I've ever been in my life. I never minded it, but I was a kid. So. Yeah, you were a kid, so you didn't care. Well, yeah. And I really don't have a firsthand opinion of it. I, I'm not really entitled to it because I never saw a baseball game there. You never did? I no? went from seeing 150 baseball games a year to none. Well, I will be honest with you. I bought season tickets the very first season because mm-hmm. I was always a season ticket holder back in you know, the old Met. Mm-hmm. And I remember Catherine, uh, I went to pick up the tickets and they said, if you want to go down and look at where your seats are, that'd be great. So we did. Mm-hmm. We went down there. We are in the second row behind the Twins dugout. And I will never forget, Catherine says to me, what are you doing? And I said, what do you mean? She goes, this place is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget. They're like, honey, this is the new Twin Stadium. She goes, I don't care. This place is a dump. Well, you know, when I covered baseball at the old Metropolitan Stadium, um, the, I'd be up in the press box. Uh, there'd be the crack of the bat, and my eyes would immediately go to where the ball was going to go. Yeah, it's an instinct when you've seen you yes. know, ten thousand yeah. baseball yep. games. I I once looked at teams taking batting practice, at, you know, in in the Metrodome, and ball, ball the crack of the bat. I had no idea where the ball was going. I couldn't track it, mm. and. When you when you're at a baseball game, and you can't track the flight of the ball. Right. You really don't want to be there. No, I could understand that. Well, plus the fact you were very fond of the Metrodome for its uh, swastika in the middle of the ceiling. <laughs> well, that was there a was good a, move. What was that? They uh, the way the stitching went on that roof. Yeah. It was all uh, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. When the four sides met at the very peak of mm-hmm. the roof, mm-hmm. it formed a swastika, and they actually did remove it after a while. I don't know if they just put up extra stitching or whatever the hell they did, mm-hmm. but it did go away because people got sick of looking at that swastika in the middle of the roof. Yeah, and now it's been normalized. So where have we gone? In this yeah, where have we years? gone? Yeah. We got a lot of swastikas out there now. Yeah, there are a lot out there. I don't understand what the hell that's all about. So what's that all about now? Well, here's an interesting possible connection. Okay. The, uh, what is he, the, archi- the architect 
is Bangladeshi, or was. He actually died quite a while ago. Mm -hmm. And in Bangladesh, the swastika is a Buddhist symbol. It is, yep. So it could have been on purpose, but he might have not really understood the significance of it. Well, maybe you shouldn't take on a a project if you don't know what, I mean. It's it's, an idea. It's just you need to know these things. Is that that where Hitler got it, the swastika from Bangladesh? I believe so, yes. It's a very ancient, it's it's thousands of years old. It's a circle thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, he he actually died a year after the Metrodome was opened. Oh, he did? So I wonder if he saw it and dropped dead in horror. (laughs) <laughs> you see the misery that you saw? <laughs> it was only 52. Really? Heart attack. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. All that criticism of the Metrodome. Yeah, exactly. So he, he couldn't died take of it. shame. Couldn't I'll tell you what, it. won two World Series in that building, so it's not bad. Well, for that purpose, yeah. But baseball is, is more than a World Series. Baseball is it a is. tradition. It's a it sport. Is. It's a tradition. It's a way of living. Baseball is a lot of things for me. I remember the twins asked me to, they even gave me a baseball uniform and everything to put on. Yeah. I dressed up my baseball uniform, just went out for warm-ups with the twins. Mm-hmm. That was the first, I think the first year, uh, maybe it was, when was that built again? 86, 85, something like that? Uh, I, I do remember that, that, maybe. that like in 1981. What, the Metrodome? Yeah. In 1981, Metrodome they decided to build. 81. 82. 82, yeah. So, so it they is built, 82, yeah. 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 So five years later, they go to the World Series. Mm-hmm. And I'm in there, and I'm taking you know a little batting practice, going to the outfield, all the rest of it. And I will never forget, I can't remember who hit it, but somebody hit like a line shot that went over second base. Mm-hmm. And I was in center field. Mm-hmm. And I was just standing there waiting for it to take a, lo- a couple of hops yeah. and approach it. Yeah. The hops were so oh. hot, I, I totally misjudged where the ball was going. Yeah. Because that surface was not like, Picking up a ball off grass. Well, and it's not even it's close. a culture shock any way you look at it because you know I once I once uh, plucked a, a a line drive from Harmon Killebrew off the uh, off the brick wall. I've told you about this at Comiskey Park. Phenomenal. Yeah, I turn around. I'm out there. It's like it's like October first, last game of the year. Batting practice is optional. So Harmon's out there. Harmon was broadcasting. Harmon's out there, and he's taking BP. And somebody throws me a glove and says, get out there in the outfield. So I say, yeah, it's fine. Sure, no problem. And Harmon hits a line drive. He could still still power that ball. Oh, yeah, Harmon could hit. Comiskey Park. Ball whizzes past me, hits the the brick. Does like, it's sort of like a short hop off the, the brick bottom there at, at the fence mm-hmm. of Comiskey Park. I turn around just in time to see the ball, carry him off the brick, it goes right into my glove. I love it. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, I can still do this. Yeah, I've still got it. <laughs> and so just to finish it off, I pivot, and I make the throw to second base, except it goes about halfway to second and Whoops. dies in the grass. Whoops. Yeah, that's a long distance there. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, people I don't think realize that. No. All right, Melissa and I found a video yesterday, and we'd like to know if you remember it. Let's see if, if I can. Mike and I remember it? If I can play it even. Uh, I don't know how Instagram works. Here we go. Come early as the KQRS KARE team takes on the Vikings basketball team. <laughs> a basketball spectacular with Chris Dolman against Stretch Gelfen, Jeff Passel versus Steve Jordan. Don Bernard and Randall McDaniel. Terry Train goes against Dave Huffman, Randy Shaver and Jim Gustafson, Bob Sansevier and Alfred Anderson, and more. Viking games at 1230 and 545 at Met Center. Call 989-5151. Welcome by Pepsi. What I remember best about this game. So you do remember. Oh, absolutely. I don't. 1989. I had the ball, and I started to dribble, and like three football players surrounded mm-hmm. me and I can't see anything and the guy who saved me was JB I'm sitting there and panicking and JB says on your left mm-hmm. and I did a, a around my back pass oh because I couldn't have done it any other way big shot and so I passed it behind my back to JB and I thought uh, I to this day I always buy when JB and I have lunch because he saved my ass that day. So this is a basketball game. Yeah, yeah. It's a KQS KQRS morning show versus the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. at the Met Center, 1989. Mm-hmm. At the Met Center. Yeah. And that was the game where uh, one football player thought it would be funny to hip check me into the stands. Mm, fun. God, really? Yeah. 
I will say this. Yeah. You all look like you're about 12 years old in this video. <laughs> oh, really? Well, I mean, 1989. Yeah, you were all in your 30s, if not younger. Where'd you guys find that? Uh, it was posted by TC Media Now on Instagram. And I think that it's run by someone. I forget who it is. Someone in the chat might remember who it is. But. TC, TC hmm. Media. Yeah, they have two yeah, posts. They, yeah, they do. They that's their thing. Is they post a lot of these old. Some, some are some are radio drops. Oh, I see. Yeah, I think stuff. it's the same people who run. Yeah, the the website TC Media now. They've got yeah. air checks from a million oh, years ago. Oh, a lot of ago. good stuff there. Yeah, you can spend a day. Really? Care eleven or Care easily. News eleven nineteen eighty six live tornado coverage. Yeah. Uh, Nineteen ninety one President Bush in Minnesota. They've got. Anything that was broadcast in Minnesota in the last 50 years, they've got on there. Really? It's crazy. Yeah. I'll have to hop on there. You know, I, I had a neighbor who uh, had a family member who was uh, autistic, and, and he knew what day every media person in the Twin Cities started on, on the air. Isn't that amazing? I, I met the guy. Finally, I met him at a, at a little party, and I, you know, I introduced myself. He said, Mike Gelfand, yes. Uh, you know, and then he told me the date when I first appeared on, on KQRS. God. Yeah, and he was right. <laughs> Can you imagine if they one day find out how to unlock that? I know. For everyone? Be it would incredible. transform society. Everyone would remember everything they ever see. It would be... Well, I, this guy, I think it would be more important than uh, the so-called technological singularity that they keep saying is coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this guy could tell you things that it would mm -hmm. take you, like even now with the Internet, it would take you days to find. Isn't that wonderful? It's incredible. It's what he focused on, huh? Yeah. Tom Osman is who oh, Tom Osman, yeah. runs it, apparently. Yeah, yeah Tom, Tom you're right, Osmond. yeah. Well, there you go. <clears throat> God, I haven't seen Tom Osman in a long time. No doubt about it. I remember, I do remember that basketball game, and, and at the time... So I was I was probably 38 or 39, and I was playing in the 89. Old, so yeah, depending on when it was, but it, right. it was late though. So I would have been 39. It was late in the year, right? There you go. Yeah. So I at the time I was playing in the in the Jewish Community Center over 35 league. <laughs> so I, I considered myself to be a stud because I was dropping threes like crazy. Mm -hmm. in, in, but this was a different kind of thing. Yeah. Hoops were a little higher. Uh, well, you know, um, there were some guys who could who could dunk the ball in the over 35 league at the JCC, believe it or not. There were some guys who were really good. I there was, not, was a I sign was not, up there that said no dunking. Right, exactly. I remember the sign. Yeah, no, but there were some guys who really, really were good. There was Brian Cosgrove, you know, who coached the Hos Hopkins mm -hmm. girls team right. for like 30 years and won every year. Yeah, Brian, he was terrific basketball player. Was it Harv or Marv that you stand in the walking track on the second floor and scream down at people? Yeah, which one was the angry one? Yeah, I can't remember if it was Harv or Marv. One was angry and one wasn't. Because one of them just hated my guts because I criticized something about their basketball team or something. Well, you know, I mean, what can you say? He hated his own kid's guts some of the time. So, so did he? Sometimes, yeah. I suppose that'll happen. It, it can happen with these, you know, with anybody, really. But, um, yeah, there, there was, uh, that was a strange, a strange duel there, wasn't it? It was a very strange duo, and I will never forget, and I'm not making fun of people with disabilities, so I don't get all upset, mm. but it was very weird because I had did not know that this man had had a stroke. Yeah. And he's up on that thing, and he's yelling down at me again, pointing at me and yelling at me, <laughs> but he literally was going like this. I was like, oh, God. That's I literally a, almost started It's an uncomfortable crying. situation. I almost started te tearing up over the guy. It's like, oh, no, my yeah. God. He wanted to yell so badly, and he couldn't do it. Well, I told you about my confrontation one day. with the. Uh, I was working at the Tribune. This guy was a reporter at the Star, and he had some kind of palsy. Oh, okay. And and he, I'm walking by him in the hallway, and he looks up at me, and, and I, yeah, I could... I could figure out a few words, but he was yelling because he was so angry, which it took me a minute to figure out. And I was covering the twins. And, oh, you're the twins, and you're a bastard. <laughs> and then I got, I got the twins. idea that he was throwing expletives at me yeah. for my twins coverage, yeah. right? Yep. And, and so I sat there for a second, not really knowing what to do, and finally I said, fuck off, asshole. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. That'll take care well, of it. I, I, we talked about this one other time. It was like I didn't want to condescend him. 
No, I understand. Yeah, I would have said that yeah. to anyone. Shoulder to shoulder? Yeah, exactly. Not a problem. I got no problem with that. Yeah, God, people used to get pissed off at us back in the old. Well, we changed, we changed media forever in the state. There's no question that we did. Because everybody was just a kiss-ass before that. It was unbelievable. Remember that? It was a strange time. It was a very strange time. Because everybody says, oh, God, everything's wonderful. Everything's great. And we came on there and went, this sucks, this sucks, and this sucks. Get it fixed. Remember if you, how, want, if you want to be really successful, you're going to have to be willing to polarize people. I would think so. I mean, it's like politics, unfortunately. You know, if nobody hates you, nobody loves you. God, I remember I got, I was invited to lunch by Tim McGuire. Remember Tim? Sure. Ran the Star Tribune. Mm-hmm. He, the entire lunch, all he did was yell at me. Really? What do you got these opinions for? This is Minnesota. I don't, don't you know this? Like, settle down. Hey, I, the reason I love the guy Mm-hmm. It's because of the bit we did on the Stretch and Z show when Sid parked his huge Cadillac in the handicap zone. <laughs> yes. And uh, and it was like it was one of the greatest things we ever did. We did a we did a whole video around that. And of course, you know, Sid, you know, and Sid saying, "You you guys, you guys, are gonna just go fuck yourself." <laughs> I know. You know. Sid used to get so oh, pissed God, off yeah. about that. And of course, Sid didn't like me, and I didn't like him. So that that why didn't it. Sid like you? Because uh, I, uh, I, I, basically because I belittled institutions that he was oh, a, that's that true. he would not only covered but he was a part of. Yeah, he would. He didn't like that. He was You're a right. participant. Yeah. And so yeah, Elfad, you went too far this time. Well, didn't he own part of the Lakers when they came here? Sure. Yeah, he was they the general opened? manager. Yeah. I thought so. He'd say, "Well, you couldn't do that today," and I'd say, "Sid, you are doing it today." Yeah. <laughs> Well, there you go. And so what happened was uh, that thing got a lot of coverage, that, that little bit. Mm-hmm. And Tim McGuire, who was, who was the managing editor of The Star at the right, time, right. Uh, ordered Sid to apologize, not, not in print, but on WCCO radio. Oh, on the radio. Yeah. Okay, so it's not in the newspaper. No. It's on the radio. And that's another reason why Sid hated me. Oh, and, God. Uh, but, but, yeah, so, so I really have always thought, McGuire must have been a pretty good guy to do that. Yeah, but, but now you're this other mine. side. So no. Oh, he, he just he didn't like the, you know, the, the approach I took because I wasn't the typical Minnesota ass kisser. Yeah. People well, still have problems with me because I will not do that you know, passive-aggressive ass kissing that Minnesotans oh, do. Well, and only half of them do it anymore. And, you know, that was the star managing editor, but the managing editor of the Tribune where I worked was a guy named Wally Allen. Oh, yeah. And he hated my guts because Why? I belittled institutions. Well, what's, that's what you're supposed to do. No, but Sid, he, but, but, uh, but he just couldn't. The guy, Wally, just couldn't take that. I mean, nobody knew God. what he did. He was the managing editor, and nobody knew what he did. <laughs> and so one day he calls me into his office, and, and I look up. Really? I, I look out t- at, is it Tuesday? Would you come in for the last 20 minutes? Did you get my text? No. It's in your text. I left my phone at the house. Oh, well, it's just... <laughs> with me. How are you Hello, doing? Michael? Good to see you. How are you doing? I'm good. We're just talking about how Minnesota has changed over the years. Okay. So you rolled in for the last 20 minutes. I, I like it. There you go. I see what you had available and figured I'd stop in. Yeah, I, for some reason, I, and it's the only time I've ever done this, I left my phone at the house. Okay. I have no huh. idea why. Is this, is this on? Uh, it should be. This was the thing on the left, the left side. The you volume is not working. So it's not on. No, it needs to be charged. Probably. So. All right. We'll get it charged. These are good. These are tied up. Do you have the loose ones? Do we have any more? We should have another pair somewhere. This is like one of those old night shows. Oh, look who's here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You can just. Uh, this yeah. one works. There you go. That yeah. works. Perfect. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you.
Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Well, look who's here. Did you miss me, big ticket? Like an open sore Mrs. Carmex, man. Seriously, Doug, where have you been? I'm running flagship Ford in Baldwin, Wisconsin. The fireworks capital just 15 minutes east of the St. Croix? That's the place. Anyway, I've come up with some marketing slogans. You know, to put us on the map. Read these and let me know what you think. Okay. <clears throat> Flagship Ford. Drive a lot. Save a little. Flagship Ford. You think you hate it now? Wait till you drive it. Flagship Ford. The largest Ford dealership in Baldwin, Wisconsin. Flagship Ford. Where the cows are nervous. Flagship Ford. There is no ship, but we actually do literally have a flag. Awesome, huh? Read this. It's my favorite. Flagship Ford, white cars for... Oh, hell no, I'm not reading that. You've been day drinking again? Maybe. The point is, buying a car should be fun and make you giggle a little bit. This is a great store I'm really proud of. You can check us out at FlagshipFord.com or email me directly at Doug at FlagshipFord.com. FlagshipFord.com. Michael, how you been? Pretty good. We're having fun. How's horse racing going for you? Uh, not that great. Saratoga's been horrible. You know, Saratoga is, uh, the, the problem is that it's rained so much, mm -hmm. so half the fields, and, and Saratoga is based on turf racing. So when, when they take it off the grass and go onto the sloppy track, half the horses just say, nope, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. So you got a lot of fields with like, uh, there was one the other day with two horses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So you need volume mm -hmm. to really make any money. Yep. So it's been not good. Yeah. So I didn't mean to interrupt, but I well, sent you a text in on Stop In because I missed Monday. I don't know what the hell was going on with me today. I, I have never, ever before left my phone at the house. You think it's dementia? Must be. I think it's dementia <laughs> kicking in. That's only, exactly what it is. Possibility, I, think. I think more. it's more like you maybe wanted to leave it there. I, I didn't do it on purpose, though. There's Sometimes the I'm happy that I don't have my phone. Yeah, in the end, I'm okay with I it. I suppose that's probably true. Oh, yeah. I, sometimes I, like, I leave my phone in the car. Doesn't everybody leave their phone in the car? Yeah, I, I do that. Yeah. yeah, and I know where it is, but I just don't go down there. Yeah. Right. Now lately, I've been getting like twenty-five to thirty calls a day from someone trying to trying to scam me. Oh yes, yeah. absolutely. And it's amazing yes. how persistent they are. They are They're because good at because it too. The, the first rule is you never answer that, and I have never answered that. But th these people are more persistent. These assholes are more persistent than anyone I've ever encountered. Yep. Before. Well, it, what's interesting, I'll have clients call me sometimes, so I'll call these people, and <laughs> they'll, like, start yelling at me with some sort of, like, <laughs> belief that they're going to, like, sue me. I'm like, well, okay, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> you mm. know. Uh, Why are they going to sue you for what reason? Who knows? They just, they're, they're, I'm suing they try you, to intimidate you by screaming. It's sad what they do to people that can be intimidated, but me, it's like, eh. Yeah, yeah it is amazing, though. The stuff you get, mm -hmm. and uh, but you know, like, I guess one out of a million persons fall for it. They do. Yeah, they do. And my, every day they're calling two million persons. My grand, my mom called me because my son was in jail. She's like, "Got it. Sit down. It's okay. Thomas is in jail, and I need to send him money." Oh, I'm like, yeah. no, that's not what happens. They don't. They don't let you call. They don't call the grandmother. Oh no, <laughs> no. I like my dad would answer these calls and you know reach for his social security card <laughs> right because he wanted to give it to him. No, it's scary. Yep. Although one time. Uh, this was a number of years ago. It was over a holiday. I got an email from Wells Fargo saying my account had been breached. I need to give them my account number. Oh, and yeah. I typed it in, and it was like, what am I doing? But, like, my immediate thing was to worry about it. But it's like, okay, stop. Don't do that. Yeah. You know? And oh, no, only right. Wells Fargo or someone who said they were Wells Fargo could get you to do that because right. it was totally plausible. Yeah. The, the scam that worked a lot was the one where they sent you money, and then they said, oops, I made a mistake. Yep. You need to send me back half the money or a third of the money. Oh, yeah. And you'd send them real scam, money, and then you'd find out their money was fake. Yep. And then right. I'd get these calls from people like in God. tears because they'd sent them 500 bucks oh, yeah. and mm -hmm. think they got $3,000. And, you know, it was it, it's, it's sad. There was a law firm in Hawaii that got hit for like a million. They I got a retainer that. for $3 million. And then we're told, oops, we sent you a million too much. Please send us a million back. Oh and so they sent a million back. Oh. <laughs> well, it's amazing when you read about the people who have fallen for things like this. Yep. Yeah. And it's not just people who with dementia. It's intelligent no. people. No, you're right. 
Right. There's some greed involved, though. Well, sure. Think. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> that's what they're playing off of. Yeah. You know, that was the whole Madoff deal. You know. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's oh, a, the Madoff. Greed on Madoff. What do you mean? A little greed. Yep. A little bit. A little. And and of course, Sid's going around Oak Ridge, telling everyone, "Hey, I got this great deal for you." And so a lot of the people at Oak Ridge uh, got got lost a lot of money. The Bernie. And then Sid said, of course, Sid said, "I don't I don't want to tell you how much I lost." Well, you know, Sid never lost a penny. Yeah. Sid was smarter than that. Yeah. Well, what's scary is you see people that I know that are like greeters at at uh, at Byerly's now. That they're doing side oh, jobs at yeah. age eighty because yes, they got that. they got burned it on mm-hmm. you know some of those hits. And but. there's a lot of people you see like working. Well, I, I could name a few who work at Target, you know, mm-hmm. cash register, and they're not people who got scammed out of everything. They just lost their 401k. Yeah, that's another hit. Yeah. yeah. That's cost retirements twice. A lot yeah. of lawyers that would be out of the business now have been hammered twice at those times. What yeah. what happened to the 401k stuff? Well, you got hit during the recession. mortgage. Yeah, the recession and mm-hmm. the mortgage crisis, and then there was another one. Yeah. yeah. Well, you oh, you probably know. remember all the people, just because we came across them all the time, who worked for advertising agencies, who yeah. retired, and then two years later they were back. That's true. Those were the people. I mean, some of the people. Some people got hit a lot harder because some people, most people didn't even have a decent job to go back to. Mm-hmm. God. No. The other reason I was here is I worked with Bilski because we bought a new house, okay, mm-hmm. and I've been working with Doug on a new car. You got some great people that you that advertise with you. You Just mean so other you know. those two? Yeah, those no, those two guys are really good. No, they're not. I mean, they're, they're tremendous people. to work with, and I wanted to thank you for getting to know them and what a great job they both do. It all started with, uh, yeah, I mean, Bilski and I have become very, very good friends, and Dougie and I have always been great. Yeah, I don't deal with assholes. I just won't do it. I have no interest. Hey, let's Tom, let's put some money together and we'll go scam somebody. No, thank you. Yeah, they're great to work with. Their they staff is amazing. And uh, drove, took the ride out to Wisconsin to get the car. I don't have it yet right now because my car, I got hit by the hail on my car. Yeah, uh, you were oh, telling my me My car's that. totaled. That's what I heard. Oh, that, was, that was so scary. I felt, for me, and uh, that was a thing where some people got hit, and a block away nobody did. But I, it, it was like 5,000 people showing throwing rocks at my window. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was, car. That car has three brakes in the windshield, yeah. and it's like a golf ball outside. Yeah, yeah I saw the yeah. picture. It's total. Yeah. The whole car's totaled. So, luckily for me, I never drive, so the car was in the garage. <laughs> Your life is totaled. But then again, if my car had been totaled, it would have been worth like thirty-five dollars. <laughs> You'd have to pay that money to take yeah, it away. Exactly. I would have lost money off? having it towed. No question. Yeah. Yeah, years ago I had a car that I hit a deer with, and I went to, in to trade it in to get a new car. And the guy's like, "Really? You should pay us to take this car." <laughs> <laughs> really? Well, I suppose. I was you lucky. Did. I uh, my only deer encounter, I just sort of sideswept it, uh, but I felt guilty for weeks. You know, like yeah. what happened to the deer? So the person was in the car with me, and he said, uh, "Well, oh, we got to find the deer." And I said, "No, we don't." I said, it's not going to help to find the deer. No. I took mine down. My uh, Mine was laying right there. Yeah. So It was a group of three, and I hit the last one. i trying to get around it and hit that last one. i tell you, my experience with that, I had one interesting experience. Uh, I used to go up to Passolt's cabin. A bunch of us would get together. Timmy Laudner used to go up and all these great guys. And So we'd all drive up separately and meet up there and play golf and hit the bars and do all the great stuff, just have a ball. Mm-hmm. Had a Chrysler Sebring convertible. Remember those? The mm-hmm. Chrysler Sebring convertibles. I'm driving, I think it's the Highway 70, I think is what you take across Wisconsin. I'm driving down Highway 70. I'm driving. Castino's in the... Uh, the Clams? What's that? Clams? Clams. Yeah, that, that was his nickname. You talking John, about the second baseman, John? John Castino? Yeah. He's a third baseman. Oh, he's third, third baseman. Base. Yeah, he's third baseman. I never base. heard anybody call him. Why'd they call him Clams? Clams Castino? That no. was his last. That I was never his heard that. Yeah. And I, I covered. I covered him yeah. when he was playing. And I've known him for thirty. I never. Who called? That was him one of his tops baseball card nicknames. Really? Yeah. I, I never I'm not buying that. it. It is. Everybody called him Johnny. Johnny C. Yeah. That's exactly right. So anyway, we're driving down. I'm doing, you know, 55 miles an hour down the down the freeway, and I'm driving. He's in the passenger seat, and all of a sudden I saw this motion. I look over at Castino, and a deer jumped right wow. over his head and my head over the car. So like a bad hop. Honest to God, it didn't <laughs> even touch the car. That's how high this thing was. Wow. I didn't know a deer could jump that damn high. Wow. I, I wouldn't, yeah. 
I never got that lucky. But. Went right over the top of our heads, man. At 55 miles an hour, he'd probably be dead if one of those hooves had oh, caught yeah. us. Well, considering his bad back. He had a bad back. That's very true. Oh, he played in pain most of the time. Did he? Yeah. He did indeed. He was a great third baseman. He was. Oh, Johnny C. was good as a guy. Great guy, too. Yeah. God, I was trying to think of who's the other, who's the other Johnny was on the team. Was it Johnny Otis? Something like that. But we were dancing and all this. And this woman goes, so what's your name? He goes, Johnny. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Sons of Sam Horn. John Clams Castillo is still my favorite of all the nicknames. Right there on the internet Never there, even you heard smart of guys. <laughs> Never heard of it. Right there. I know. I, mm. My whole life he's been known as Clams Castino. We lived in, I, the, guy said, the guy's been a friend of mine for 30 years, and I had no idea. I don't know. Maybe my problem is I'm allergic to Clams Castino. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a, it's going to be a big problem. Clams yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you recommend? Well, the Clams Castino are pretty good. I've been Let's getting get a, lot of, a lot of good words about that. Yeah, I don't know, man. Those, those were the days, though. God, will he still drive up to those golf tournaments? Holy God. There was a little consumption at those. Uh, yeah. Oh, and I mean, more more sins committed than that. Well, Paul golf course was up. Not that you would have engaged in it, no, but I, I'm just I saying. No interest some of that I, stuff was pretty. I like being alive. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Um, it would, what, what was your question? You what said? golf course was it? I don't remember the name of the guy. It was uh, Hayward, Wisconsin. Oh, Hayward. Oh, oh, that's where Mr. Phipps is. That's the yeah. grossest place yes. I've ever been in Mr. my Phipps. life. <laughs> that place is horrible. That is like if if those are the days. The, the Seven Rings of Hell. That's one of them. That's yeah. a horrible. Oh my God, is that a horrible, gross place? My my cousin uh, ran a general store kind of place <laughs> in, Hayward. in Hayward. Yeah. Really? And I'm, I swear to God, you know, there everybody, was a Jew in Hayward. <laughs> probably Probably the only Jews. Who the hell ever heard of that? Wisconsin. My cousins. What? And my cousins were probably the only Jews in Hayward, and they were like, you know, there were like five of them, and they they all worked at the store. Yeah, great guy, and uh, he got along with everybody, so you know he had to be a great guy, and they had to be okay just to get along with him. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, they lived in Hayward for many many years. Finally, got smart, moved to Minneapolis, but Mm. not a bad plan. I have to ask you a question. What's that? That's not the same Phipps that had the strip club, was it? That's what I'm talking about. Oh, you're talking about that's that, the that, strip that club. That farmhouse out there? Yeah, that's what was the biggest piece of shit totally I've ever Totally gross place. <laughs> I was in there, I got thrown out. Because okay, I don't you go got to strip clubs. Mr. Phipps. <laughs> I don't go to strip clubs, right? I have no interest in watching women dance around with their jugs swinging in the breeze. Mm-hmm. So you don't know the uh, the rules of the place, uh, the, uh, the, the, the culture. The culture, mm-hmm. I think. It's is far right grosser right. than women touching you in that place. That's mm. the whole problem yeah. is I'm sitting there and I'm talking to my friend and I don't know anything about strip clubs or any of that bullshit, right? So I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I feel that someone put their hand on my shoulder. I look up and it's a naked woman. Mm-hmm. He's completely naked. <laughs> He's complaining. Right? He looked around. There was a naked woman. No, but here's the problem because it surprised me. And I said, get your effing hand off me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was gone. Mm-hmm. You're gone immediately. Were they polite about it? No, they were not polite <laughs> I, about it. I was there as a softball tournament, and the bartender walks around with a baseball bat in their hand. Whoa. Not, yeah, not yeah I don't think I'd want to be in a place like that. Yeah. I will tell you something, though. They threw me out. Hmm? I sat in the car till the guys were done with the titty bar. Hmm? Four hours. Four hours. How do you four, spend four hours? hours? That's like spending like, three weeks in Las Vegas. Yeah, what are you really? doing? Oh, what are you doing for four hours? <laughs> Look uh, at that, those nipples. That I'm like, place what? was gross as hell, oh, it's man. terrible. Ugh. It was the worst place I've ever been in Europe. Yep. And it's a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Right. So you can't walk away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I'll never. Mr. Phipps. Mr. Phipps, yeah. <laughs> I completely forgot about Oh, God, what a horrible place. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine, uh, when I was uh, working in Orlando, said, oh, you got to come to this strip club with me. He was a nice guy, and he, was friend. he got to be a friend of mine. I said, fine. Uh, we went to this strip club. And there were like uh, 12 strippers, and every one of them had exa- the exact same breasts. They'd all gone to the same place. So all kinds of Ralph. Ralph And I said, well, you know, I, I, exactly. what's, what's the point of having 12? You could just have one. I mean, they're all the same. I have a question. Now, there's still, there's still uh, Dream Girls or whatever the thing's called on Washington. Oh, yeah. it called? No, it's is it, it Dream Girls. Oh, yeah. Isn't Dream Girls next to the, uh, the Target Center? Uh, is it? I, yeah, there's, there's, 
what is there still left? There's this is down the block. Uh, Deja from, Vu, which is on Washington. Deja Vu, that's, that's what one you're thinking about. Vu, yeah. And yeah, then uh, then Rick's, I think, is still the, that's the one where the old guy <laughs> was mad because he, he had to wait 15 minutes. Right. What you talk to? And I don't know what else there is. So. There was a solid gold, but that's gone. I don't right? know. I, I, that has different names. So I don't know if that still exists or not. That's across from the court, old courthouse. Yes. Are there uh, are there anywhere near as many strip clubs as there used to be? I, I think COVID cleaned them out. Plus, they I had a bunch of like regulations it. in Minneapolis. But the they have council a very, passed a bunch of laws. Their reputation isn't so good among my generation. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I, internet, why even go anyplace? You can that sit is there and watch yeah. it. That's I also think true. The internet, the internet had to have a huge impact Absolutely. on that. Absolutely, 100%. And, you know, it's just like there are, are there not any porn stores anymore, are there? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, there's, there's a still, few, but not there's many. There's still uh, uh, Sex World still exists oh, yeah, in Washington. World, yeah. And mm-hmm. there's a couple different places that they have them. Where did I sex see one? Sex World. I think <laughs> someone in... <laughs> I don't what know, a some name! Little town. It was Let's go still to the sex world. No, I don't know. I saw one in a little town recently. Yeah, every so week. often you see one, but it's not very common. They nope. can't make very well. One thing, it's like okay, if you're gonna go buy something like that, are you gonna want to go to a store like that or buy it on the internet right, where no exactly. one can see you? Exactly. Yeah. No, but then you give them your address and, and they show up. <laughs> well, at your I, house, guess, you know? I guess you're right. There's, you know, and you got to pay for it somehow. There's pluses and minuses. Yeah, yeah. So. You get a PO box and you pay for it with Bitcoin. There yeah, you go. Yeah, there's still pure pleasure up <laughs> yeah. in St. Cloud. Um, yeah. Pure yeah, pleasure. Pure pleasure. And then, Ladies and gentlemen. I don't know where I saw one recently. Remember when they sent me over to Sex World? To, uh, that was a prank? No, no it was like, like it, was, it was the sales department. They, they insisted that I go over there and do a remote from Sex World. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So, well, they have God. to cut out 95% of the footage? Uh, well, you know, in those days, uh, this was, you know, there's just, a, I don't know. It was well, a, it was radio, it was wasn't radio. it? It was radio. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. But I still have, I still have like a, a Polaroid. That was, that's how long oh, ago God. it was. The Polaroid. A Polaroid oh, picture God. of me. With with these, I'm wedged between the two strippers, and I think they were they were supposedly they were like celebrity strippers. Oh, right? they were okay. It's just like, celebrity you know, how, strippers. This is like how everyone who's ever been in a porn movie is a porn star. Yeah, yeah, star. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So I'm I'm Don't wedged between it. these two. And they're both like about half a foot taller than me. Everybody's half a foot taller so, than you, Mike. Well, these days, most people, yes. In those days, it was only like 25% okay. of the population. And they, so basically, I'm wedged between their breasts, right? And On so, purpose? Um, Someone said, you know, I need a picture here, so I stand between them. Oh, it's all give, give, give with it you. It is, it That's is. That's all it is. So I, I've got the picture at home. And I'm, uh, my wife never did like that picture. I no, mean, I don't understand really? why. Hard to believe. And I'm like doing the eye roll thing, you know, where I'm trying to look at their breasts <laughs> on the left side of me, you know, which is impossible, right? Yes. I played the clown. I treasure that picture. I don't remember anything about the remote, but I treasure that picture. Yep. So what are all these strippers doing now? If you got you get it all on on the TV screen, they're doing it on video. I think they're doing video stuff. I think they're working at Barnes and Noble. That's Bar- Barnes and Noble, because yeah. yeah, they're Bar- doing so well Bar- too. Barnes is greeters. That sounds like a, a, a skit for Stretch and Z show. Yeah. Well, the we would have done breast. something like that. Yeah. You would have done something like that. Well, we did some outrageous things. I, there are no local TV shows anymore. Mm, it's pretty much done. Not much. I don't think so. It's uh, pretty much well, there's uh, there's Almanac on, on mm-hmm. Almanac. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Channel Two. Almanac. Like Herbeck used to have a hunting and fishing show on mm-hmm. Sunday mornings, and yeah, that's not around anymore. Still enough said that Barrero does on Friday nights. You, yeah, and, but oh, it's not it? really a show. It's it's a radio show that's on TV. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, that's you're right. they just sit there and talk. Is that what they do? You know, I'm sure it's good, but it's just not like a TV. It's show. got a great sponsor. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, what I hear. Okay. Some, I some asshole it's a lawyer. Great show. Some some lawyer pain in the ass. I can't remember who it is, but yeah, I remember when Ron Rosenbaum died, mm-hmm. Ron said, It'd be really great if you took my spot over there on that show and I'm like, That ain't ever gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, so well. That's best, not happening. What you don't see anymore is you don't see the field pieces that you know, there were there were some shows that did that over the years, not many. Mm-hmm. But like the the thing we did during the uh, St. Paul St. Paul uh, treasure hunt days. Oh yeah, sure. And there'd be people in the park swarming there looking for things. There was in the caves over there, but what what's that park over there? The caves. Yeah, there was that one. Oh, that's right. This one, yeah. this one, there were 
a lot of people at the park, and of course there was a lot of snow in the park, oh, looking sure. for the medallion. So we rented a gas-powered jackhammer. <laughs> gas-powered? Yep. Excellent. And we went over there, and we, we got this guy who was about 85 years old. We got him. We convinced him to use it to try to find <laughs> <laughs> the medallion. So there's this 85-year-old guy, and he oh. said, oh, I don't know if I should do this. And we said, no, we cleared it with the parks department. <laughs> yeah, sure you did. <laughs> of course. Yeah, count on it. And so he's, you know, we powered up for the guy and he's like he's really sort of well, i would have to, i'm sorry to use the word trepidatious trepidatious he was like trepidatious like he didn't it. know whether he should do it after about 30 seconds he was totally into it oh, and yeah. the snow oh, yeah. was flying Ryan. It was That's a great hilarious. bit nobody hmm. does that now no, no i don't think you can do stuff like that as easily now you know? Yeah, well, he's got a sense of humor. I, I was thinking the other day, do you remember the guy that used to sneak into all the photos? He used to, like, he'd show up in the All-Star Game oh, photo. Yeah, yep, he'd show up yep, in the football yep, team yep. Norm Coleman. <laughs> he had the, he was he was in every big political page. You're right. He was, yeah. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. I mean, he it was fantastic. God, but I don't think you could do that years. anymore. Like show up and get in the no. All Star Game photo. No way. And, you know, this guy used to be umpires and all sorts of stuff. All right, that's going to do it for now. Well, well, thanks for coming in. I'm going to be in trial on Monday, so I'm going to miss Monday also. So You're I just a the listeners had to hear from me at some point. Oh, I, it couldn't just be without <laughs> you. There's no. You're absolutely right about that. What do you want to come in again next Thursday? I well, we'll see. Well, we'll see how the trial, how the trial goes. goes yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks.